Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. A little uh, housekeeping right here. Uh, the podcast, the Word Podcast, has just gone live literally overnight on Spotify. If you're not familiar with Spotify, Spotify is a music and podcast streaming service, but you can access it free, uh, certain elements of it. And so you can find us now on uh, Spotify, which may be a lot easier for people to get to because some you know folks know about Spotify. You can just search for it and it'll pop right up. And so um, anyway, share with folks, let them know about this time together as our uh, gathering sort of grows with one another and we discuss what the Lord is revealing to us. We're in the Gospel of John right now, and we're at the end of the 14th chapter. It's been a very, very intimate time with the Lord. He's having the last meal with him. We call it the Last Supper. Again, some people refer to this as being the... uh, uh, a Passover meal. It was not a Passover meal. There's a lot of reasons, a lot of hints, a lot of forthright things that you can see in the scripture. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of them we just uh, saw recently where Judas got up and left. Okay. Uh, the Lord looked at him and said, what you have to do, go and do. He's talking to Satan and Judas. Judas gets up and leaves. Well, the disciples, for the most part, didn't know why he was leaving. And they thought one of the reasons it was given in scripture was that he had to go get things that they needed for the feast, for the feast. And so if they were celebrating the Passover meal, which be, which was prepared on the 14th day of the sun, they sat down to eat it. It became the 15th day of the sun. If that was that meal right then, they wouldn't need things to be prepared for the feast, right? So it's all sorts of little hints like that. But anyway, it's a very intimate time. It's been a very emotional time, <clears throat> ranging from... Um, Jesus telling them that he's going somewhere they can't go to the encounter uh, with uh, Judas and him leaving. Uh, but prior to that, Jesus washed the feet of all the disciples, including Judas. And he washed their feet and said, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but you will understand. You need to serve one another in like manner. If I, being rabbi and teacher, serve you like this, then you need to serve and honor and walk humbly with one another. So there were all sorts of things that were going on. At the end of the 13th chapter, uh, Peter says, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll stay with you. I'll die for you. And Jesus looks at him and says, uh, oh, really? Uh, you're going to deny me three times before the sun comes up. Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And then immediately he goes into chapter 14. Same, uh, same encounter, same thing. There's no chapter division. And Jesus begins to tell them some things. And he begins with saying, you know, see to it. Okay, let not your heart be troubled. And so he's going to wind up ending with that same thought at the end of the 14th chapter here, which is the end of John's account of what occurred that night. And so the 27th verse of the 14th chapter, Jesus is saying this, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And notice that he's talking here in um, in the plural then, like he was at the beginning. Okay, Don't let your hearts be troubled. We have the ability, a role, a responsibility to see to it that our hearts not be troubled. We do that in the spirit, not in the flesh. So he's telling them, 
Don't let your hearts be troubled. Then he says this, neither let them be afraid. He knew what he was about to face. He knew what was about to happen. They did not know yet. And he's telling them from the beginning, and he's about to say that again, what was about to occur to where they would believe. So he's saying, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Verse 28, you heard me say to you, I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father and the Father is greater than I. <laughs> Jesus had repeatedly told him that he was going away. Now he's telling him, I'm going to the Father. He had told him before, where I'm going, you can't go. Then when Peter sort of pushed him on, he said, you're going to come, but you can't go yet. And they're beginning to realize, wait a minute, he's going to the Father. How's he going to get to the Father? But he tells him, I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. Again, we get more insight into the relationship of the Godhead, of the Father, the Son, the Spirit. And sometimes these phrases right here really rattle people. Because he says, the Father is greater than I. Because quite often we'll hear that Jesus is greatest of all, et cetera, et cetera. I know what people mean by that, and that's that's fine. They understand. But there's understanding, and there's relationship within the Godhead. There's roles. There's functionality. And Jesus is saying right here that the Father is greater than he is. So Jesus is going back to the Father, verse 29. And now, this is Jesus speaking, and now I have told you before it takes place so that when it does take place, you may believe. He said that repeatedly. He said, I'm telling you this to where when you see it, you'll believe. He knows that they believe now at a certain level, but they're going to be putting all this stuff together, and they're going to remember all these things that he said. Part of it would be simply because of the, rem the remembrance of man, right? But he's told them already that he's going to send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit would bring to remembrance everything that he had taught them. So he says, I'm telling you, telling you this stuff before it takes place so that when it does, you will believe. Now the last two verses, verse 30. <clears throat> I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. So all of a sudden, we begin to realize, wait a minute, something's going on here. Jesus is letting them know that there's a battle taking place. And it's a battle in what we would call the spiritual realm, the unseen realm. And that's true. <clears throat> but so often when we see, say, the spiritual realm or the unseen realm, it's like uh, nearly, we don't do this, but it's nearly as if we're saying that, well, that's in an arena that doesn't really impact us and that I don't really have to worry about. And that, that's Jesus' area, and there's nothing there that has anything to do with me. Nothing could be further from the truth. He said the ruler of the world is coming. But then at the end of verse 30, he says, he has no claim on me. He'd already tried to make a claim on him, beginning all the way back when he was tempted at the beginning. Remember that? When the enemy tried to tempt Jesus. But now he says he's coming because Jesus knows that the ultimate battle is coming here. And he, the enemy thinks he's going to be victorious. Okay? And it's a great thing, which we don't have time to get into right now. But the scripture literally tells us that if the enemy had known what was going to occur with the killing of Jesus on the cross, he would have never done it. And so when you see what Jesus did on Calvary, you can look at the Old Testament and see what the Old Testament was talking about. 
But if you just read the Old Testament by itself, you're not going to see Calvary until Calvary exists. And that was to where the enemy would not know the plan of the Most High God. So Jesus says, he has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Jesus was letting them know that the reason he's doing this is because the Father has instructed him and has commanded him. Jesus agreed to it, and the reason he agreed to it is because he loved the Father. And because of what he's about to do, the world will know that he loved the Father. The world will know this. Jesus reconciles those who believe him and who believe in him. He reconciles us to the Father. And the world sees this, and the world will know this. Does the world deny it? Oh, absolutely. The world will turn around and say, no, we don't believe, we don't believe. But he says, they will know that I love the Father. And then he says what? Arise, let's depart from here. And so we'll see what happens next. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for being with me. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye. Thank you.